Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick here, and welcome to another episode of Scale Up Your Business for this week. We are back with 15 minutes to action. And I have to say, I'm really encouraged by the amount of feedback I'm getting for these shorter, sharper, more condensed episodes that I'm now doing on a weekly basis, because as much as people give me great feedback on the interviews and some of the amazing people I've had on Scale Up Your Business, uh, I think people like the practicality and the tips and the things they can take away from these shorter episodes. So I'm going to keep on doing them. If you've got questions, I'm going to come along and answer them. And a lot of the stuff, a lot of the inspiration for the content that I'm doing now through these, these shorter 15-minute episodes is coming from the Scale Up Your Business community on Facebook. So if you've got any burning questions or you've got stuff that you'd like me to uh, answer in this format, please make sure you visit that group. If you haven't joined that group, I think we've got something like 1,300 uh, business owners on there now. I encourage you to do so because it's a really great, vibrant community. So today, I'm going to take a question that I get asked considerably, probably, you know what, sometimes it's two or three times a day I get asked around this which even though I talk about scale up and scale up is obviously once you've got a business and you're trying to grow it and take it to the next level, uh, I get asked a lot about startup. So the question today is how do I raise that first, you know, hundred thousand dollars or pounds for my business? Now this is important because it's funny, like everyone feels that they need to raise investment um, through startup. But quite often, I say it's about resources in general. One of, the, one of the scarcest resources you've got is time. So you do need to leverage, but you're not, you've got to be smart about how you think about funding because adding more complexity to your business when you're at startup can in its own way be problematic because it takes you away from being focused. So I'm going to take you through a few tips today. And I'm going to give you some perspectives on this as well, just because I think it's important for you to understand that if you are at that stage and you are trying to get some money to get your idea off the ground, or if it's off the ground, you want to give it a bit of a boost, then these are the ways to do it. So first and foremost, just to kind of reiterate my point, you don't want to be giving away heaps of equity in your business early on. I get involved in stuff all the time where I have to unpack decisions that entrepreneurs have made early stage that have ended up being an absolute car crash. What I mean by that is something looks great at the very beginning when it's the marriage, an investor and an entrepreneur and a business owner comes together, but you know, it can end in a divorce to use that terrible sort of metaphor and analogy. So you've got to be thinking about that. So the first and foremost, if you are going to be thinking about giving away any equity, any shares in your business, make sure that you know the person, have some form of relationship um, to understand what that means. But let's get into it. So the first thing, and I'm going to kick off with the easy one, the one that probably people don't expect me to say because this is about raising, you know, 100 grand, is don't discount your own cash. Don't discount your own money. It's readily available. There's no waiting around. There's no red tape. There's none of those issues I mentioned before around relationships. So you shouldn't, just because, you know, you want to bring cash into your business, you shouldn't necessarily be thinking that you can't use your own money. Now, I appreciate you want to keep your reserves 
we're recording this through COVID-19. So of course we want to have runways. We say we want to have money in the bank, but you know, the fate of your business and, and how you do things is in your own hands. Then you don't have to answer to anyone. So you are, you know, if I was being really direct about it, sometimes when you get investors on board, you become an employee again. And lots of people are, you know, wanting to run away from that a mile. I certainly don't think I could be employed again in the traditional way. That first one. Then you get into the, what we call the four Fs. Now the four Fs are interesting because they stand for founder, family, friends, and fools. So founder is, so just because you might be starting a business, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be doing it by yourself. So you could have co-founders and sometimes, you know, you might have a co-founder who comes into the business who has money to invest and you have the ideas, you have the networks, you have other resources, other IP, intellectual property that, that can kind of, you know, when the two of you come together, that's when it works. So it's not really your money, but it's someone else's money, but they are a business partner with you. Family and friends, I'm going to talk about together because that's an interesting one. That's where a lot of, particularly younger people, when they kind of start a business, they might go to their mum or dad and get some investment. It's, it's by far and away the best place to go um, if, you, if you have those resources available to you. But again, you've got to be conscious here that you want to treat it still like a business transaction. So you want to be able to either pay the money back over a period of time. You may want to pay with interest. Quite often, if it's family and friends, they don't want interest. They just want their money back. You might have to have it as a written guarantee or a legal document. Sometimes, you know, again, you might, if you trust the person implicitly, you might want to give them some equity in the business. So therefore they are becoming a shareholder, but it's the relationship is so strong because you know, these people that the level of trust is, is significantly higher than, than some of the other options I'll get into. So it's a great place to go. But what I do say is just be aware. You've always got to look forward a bit here and, and everything around investment, either who you go and speak to to get investment or how you manage things comes back to risk, risk versus opportunity. So if your idea is high risk and you're going to be borrowing money from friends and family, just think about what could happen if it goes wrong. So you don't want to expect it, but you want to prepare for it. And you know you don't want to have a relationship which is being you know, literally for your whole life going sour just because of something like this. So just think about it that way. The last one is fools. And I bring this up because it's random, but it happens. Daniel Priestley says that, you know, you get what you pitch for and you are always pitching. I love that quote, right? And he's 100% right. So there's a thing called a social pitch. And then there's obviously the more formal pitches that you get. But sometimes you can be just saying what you do to someone in a, in a coffee shop or a pub. And they like the idea so much they want to get into it and they'll give you some money. Now, again, you might get into an equity conversation. You might get into something else. It's a, rare, it's a rare one, but it does happen. So it still comes under the four Fs and you need to appreciate that the main point here is pitch. Tell people what you're doing. Tell it with uh, you know, authenticity, excitement, passion, and you'd be surprised how many networks open just from that strategy alone. Then we get into the more traditional areas. So the bank loan area, the overdraft, this is probably the most common way to get money. And I still think it's one of the best ways, particularly if the cost of capital is low. So that basically means interest rates are low. So it's good to take on debt if you have the means, the, um, the intent to be able to pay that back quite easily without it becoming a burden on you or the business. So what I mean by that specifically is if, 
you know, you've got these things at the moment in the UK because we're going through COVID-19, they're called business bounce back loans. Now in fairness, they are more designed for businesses that already have an income streams, but they can be early stage businesses. Um, and you can borrow up to 50,000 pounds and you don't have to pay that back for six years. So you start paying it back. I think the first year is, is no payments. And then you've got six years to pay back the rest, but at quite low interest rates. Now I've advised this to a number of people and including some of my own businesses, the people running businesses that I own, because you can use that money to invest in the business and things like product development and marketing. And I've got to be honest, if you're not going to get a return on that money by, by being really clear and focused on what you're doing, then you probably haven't got a business anyway. So you might as well take the chance because it's not free money, but it's easily accessible money. And and even though that's a specific thing around COVID-19, the same options um, happen across everything. So if you go to your bank, speak to your bank manager, a small amount of money could be secured. Sometimes you have to get a, um, a secured loan because you may not have the collateral or the background to be able to get it. But, you know, as I said beforehand, everything is about risk and you've got to be able to back yourself. You've started a business because you think you can solve a problem for someone and you've got to be able to back that you can do that. Otherwise, I always say entrepreneurship is not for the faint-hearted. It's a roller coaster journey. It's a great journey, but you've got to be ready for those highs and those lows. And just the last point on sort of the bank area. Some banks, and I'll mention one in particular, HSBC has a corporate ventures sort of strategic innovation investments arm. And that's where if you need more than say a hundred thousand pounds in the UK, they can help you because it, it becomes part of a venture capital area. So I'm not going to get into venture capital specifically today, just to say that venture capital investment normally happens after you've had your initial seed funding. So you, your business needs to be off the ground and, and have a bit more evidence that it's going to scale before you start to go into that world. So the stuff we're talking about now, that first hundred thousand bucks is specifically for that early stage. The next one, which I absolutely love, and I think everyone should be investigating in some way, shape or form, is grants. Now, grants can come from different areas. So you can get ones from your local authority. They're called um, Local Enterprise Partnership or LEP um, funds. And they can be small grants that are usually about solving a specific problem, usually a social problem within an area. So if you're an education technology business, for example, uh, there might be a grant available for you to be able to help schools out in your local area. And those, those grants can be quite significant. You know, they can be small amounts like 10,000 pounds here or there, but they can go up to sort of, you know, even the full amount of the hundred thousand. And the same thing will be applicable in, every, in other countries. So even though I'm referencing the UK where I live, there'll be other ways of getting this as well. But a grant is free money. As long as you can, you know, jump through the hoops and the paperwork to get it, you're effectively getting that money and you don't have to pay it back. You have to prove that you can actually use that money for the intent that it was sourced for but there's no equity given up and there's no debt. So that's why it's fantastic. And I often see really um, diligent entrepreneurs will go after two or three pots of grant funding when they're starting because it can really help them to get off the ground without you know, a heap of risk. The next area is what I call sort of the incubators. Now incubators, they're not, this is quite powerful because money alone can't really nurture and, and, and get a business moving. Sometimes you need help, you need mentors, you need coaches. And incubators are sometimes called innovation centers or business accelerators. And I have, you know, my, my company, The Fielding Group, is a business accelerator. We, we, we sometimes invest. We often provide mentorship and, and those sort of things. But it's a combination of both money and time that goes into your business. And they usually have a range of 
supporting areas which early stage companies need. So you may need hardware, software, management help, strategic help, marketing, legal, accounting, recruiting services. So it's quite important to be able to bring some of those experts and some of that specialist knowledge and help into your business at an early stage. So definitely have a look around. There's lots of different ones around. Sometimes they can be university-led incubators. So sometimes there's money that comes from alumni of university and they set up like an innovation incubator at a university. So maybe check if you went to university or business school if they have that option. And you're going to get, I like them a lot because they can also help you open up networks. So even though there's support in your business, sometimes one of the crucial things in your early stage is getting your first customers. So if you can find people who have those networks, they can open them up to you. So, so definitely look at the incubator model. Sometimes you have to give up some equity for it, but it's not just the money. The thing I like about it is all the extra support you get. And then probably the last area which kind of starts to bridge into the venture capital world is the business angels. And this is private investors. They... They can often be former business owners themselves, entrepreneurs, senior managers who have some money to invest. They've got capital that they want to deploy. And in return for their investments, they're usually looking for, as I said, an equity stake, maybe a seat on the board of your company as it's growing. And there are quite big tax incentives, particularly in the UK. There's the Enterprise Investment Scheme, which is called EIS. And there's the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, which is SEIS. And what's great about that is there's a, there's a piece where these, these investors can get a tax break by taking the risk on your business, which basically means if it doesn't work, they get a percentage of that back. So it's a really good one because there's a lot of people out there who are interested in this area right now. Uh, so you have people who are, you know, COVID has challenged things a little bit, but they are still out there and you can join sort of angel investment networks and they give you an opportunity to pitch your business idea to these kind of high net worth individuals. And the important thing about that is, as I said, it gives you access to, to people who have the funds and potentially have more than just a bank loan. So the bank loan doesn't give up equity, but it doesn't give you these extra pieces. But as I said at the very beginning, very similar to fam family and friends, it's all about relationships. It's all about rapport. You don't want to jump into a situation with someone who's going to be really challenging. So you want to jump in with someone who can help you strategically, potentially operationally, but you don't want to jump into something which is going to be a problem down the track. So you've got to be able to sense that quite quickly. So that's it. That's mainly, they're the areas that I tend to advise you look at if you're looking for that first hundred thousand pounds or dollars. As I said, it doesn't really matter if you're in the UK, the US, there'll be the same type of schemes around. But the last point I want to leave you with today is remember to put yourself in the minds, in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the position of the investor and think about what they need. Because even though what you want is, is, is some funding or some help to grow your business, what they want is a return on the capital they invest. And they want to do that at the lowest possible risk. So when you're pitching, you're telling your story. You want to be very, very clear. It's about managing risk more than is anything else. So you need to be able to show not only how your idea, your business solves a problem, you need to show the potential for scalability because what quite often happens is these people, even though they're early stage investors, they get a disproportionate uh, you know, advantage. They'll stick around for a while and they'll make their money back. So you've got to be very, very clear in the early stages where the risk is the highest that you can, um, ascertain and, and, and kind of give comfort around that. And the last point I want to make really is 
you know, if you're a technology business, which, you know, is obviously a lot of where the growth of entrepreneurship is coming, the risk can generally be higher and the cost can be higher because the return when it comes is huge, but it can happen later stage. So you've just got to be really, really hot through your pitch, through your information memorandum, through the finances to give as much certainty as possible. So there we go. We're at time. That's 15 minutes. So I've given you quite a few things today. Let me just kind of summarize. So how do you go and raise that first money? Well, the important part is you've got to go and find where you can actually have the conversations. So first and foremost, your own cash. What have you got in the bank? The four F's, as I said before, the interesting ones. So you've got the founder, the family, friends, the full. Then you've got the bank loan, your bank manager, go and speak to them. You've got grants, which I absolutely love. You've got incubators, which are also good because of the help that comes from them. And then you've got the business angels. They're the way places to focus. So hopefully that's been useful. As always, if you've got any questions, you know, come back to me and ask. I'm more than happy to help uh, post in the Scale Up Your Business community. But I hope that um, covers um, for a lot of people who've been asking me on a daily basis the question about how do you get that first investment in your business, particularly if you're in that startup phase. So as I always say, thank you very much for listening to Scale Up Your Business. Be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.